Team Rabbit Hole Edition 204 with Julia Simas, Cosmic Intelligence Agency, Consciousness, Intelligence, Astrology. Join the team as we get to know an Aussie mystic who made it happen by creating one of the larger international astrology collectives in recent digital times. Dream work leads to teamwork as this Pisces shows. Welcome and well met. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Most definitely. Like I uh, told you in the green room, I've been perfectly aware of you for a while, which I'll get into in a second. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. So we are on the 204th episode, uh, which reduces to six numerologically. Um, today is actually the 6th of January, where I'm talking from in Colorado. Uh, and the six is the lover's card. Uh, I am the gateway to divine love. Lover's card. It's about seeking connection with others blending opposing ideas into one, making a choice, accepting yourself as you are, and giving and receiving freely. Raphael, what is the card that you have? We got the angel number 18. The angel of justice belongs to the thrones. This angel helps against adversity, helps to know the truth in the process, the triumph of the innocent who are confused by evil, negative energies and spirits. It is the invocable God, Gemini, Sun, Air, Blue, Sapphire, and is associated with the Ten of Swords in the Tarot. The affirmation goes, I have completed a karmic lesson. It is about absolute truth, divine justice, tribunal of conscious, conscience, discerning what is right and respecting divine laws. I know that was quite a bit, but Julia, um, was there anything between the lover's card and that angel card that resonated or synced up for you? Well, I'm looking at the North Node in Gemini <laughs> um, with the chart in front of me uh, syncing up to, I suppose, what we've been going through for the last year collectively. You know, what's the truth? What is going on out there? And kind of realizing uh, there's many perspectives that people hold equally true. <laughs> South of the South is like, it's not about crusading and beheading people that don't agree with, you know, your crusade. Everyone, I mean, there's QAnon and there's Antifa and, you know, there's Slytherin and there's Ravenclaw or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's it. There's just so much to sort of fathom and take in and, you know, kind of, you've got to work it out for yourself, you know. <laughs> um, and, well, the lover's card, you know, it's it's about creating a new awareness somehow. You know, the lover's is, is a creative connection. Um, so I'm, I'm seeing it in that sense. We're kind of in this real new force of a new, I, I don't like saying the new age, but we are going into a new era. You know, we, we can tell, but it's going to take a while for us to, um, let's say, know what it's all about and what it means and how to do it. <laughs> I'm way okay with the whole Aeon shift uh, proposal, so don't fret. Um, yeah, as you are saying, it kind of takes a minute for the gears to kind of put their teeth in, like a gear of clocks, you know, you get it, astrologically speaking. But um, it seems we're not in Kansas anymore, and... Uh, my yeah. fiance just made a post. It's like, oh, 2020 was such a bad year. It was like a meme, and it's somebody, you know, in the Congress of America in a bull outfit or whatever. It says, 2021 says, hold my beer or whatever. It's like, here we go. We're five days in or six days in. So yeah. yeah. Should be rather interesting. So before we kind of um, go down too many rabbit holes in terms of politic, uh, which I think you're 
somewhat aware of or you know astrology in general we can get as political or not as you prefer um like i was saying i kind of have been aware of you peripherally for a few years now uh the first astrologer i ever really turned on to in any seriousness in about 2013 was uh maybe or maybe even 2014 was uh kaipacha who's going to be coming on the podcast uh-huh. um, but he's one of your agents so to speak and Kira Lee, Cosmic Priestess, she's dope. She's also a fellow Aussie. She's, um, although I think she's in um, Thailand or so. Yeah, she's um, in now. Thailand. Yeah. But she's an agent. So I've been uh, watching astrologers who have subscribed to your cult, or however you want to put it, for a long time. <laughs> and I've always been like, what is this? Oh, my gosh. So I've been following you um, peripherally for a while, you know. Uh, and when I reached out and you were like, oh, come on. Uh, you know, I was like, come on. And you are like, sure. I was like, hell yeah. So thanks very much for kind of gracing us with your presence. Uh, I know that you're a Pisces. You probably wanted to sleep in. Hopefully you um, don't feel too, you know, stirred from the slumbers. No, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> That's what's up. Uh, it's, I mean, it's holiday time here in Australia now, but, um, you know, so we we are sort of taking it easy. But I'm used to getting up at any time to do anything. That's what agents do. <laughs> Always on call, as they say. <laughs> so um, I'm kind of curious, and you can be as long-winded or as brief as you prefer, um, kind of where it all went down. I've had the pleasure of being in Australia for three months last year this time. I was up in the ah. coast in Brisbane. I didn't get down to the south. but um, So I've seen uh, you know, <laughs> your continent, which is kind of not always possible for everybody listening, but a uh, beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just kind of where did you grow up? What was the culture you were part of? Um, when did you start realizing you were magical and stuff like that? Well, I grew up in southwestern Sydney. Um, I grew up with a, a, a big family, as in um, my parents and grandparents emigrated from Lithuania um, after, oh gosh, what year was it? Like the late early 50s um and you know we kind of settled as a as a tribe um there was five children in my family grandparents great grandmother um and you know so i kind of grew up in an extended family and i was the middle child um i'm five times pisces so i was always um you know, I was a happy person. I, I often talk, <laughs> I often sort of remind my husband, like, what's wrong with being positive? Like my whole attitude to, to life has always been about positive, you know, the positiveness in things and exploring and, you know, kind of looking at the wonder of it all. And um, I don't think that's ever left me. <laughs> um, so that sort of was a natural kind of progression into exploring magic and tarot and stuff when I got to about 12 years old. Um, I always loved looking at the stars and in Australia, you know, we could, uh, you know, living on the outskirts of town in a sense, the stars are amazing. So, you know, things like traveling in dreams and flying around the stars, <laughs> you know, I mean, that was the beginning of it. Um, Dream and then I just. I'm curious, did your family, like, um, being Lithuanian descent, were they, like, religious and maybe not so cool with, like, uh, New Agey type, you know, occultism or whatever? Well, um, because my grandparents were there, um, he was, like, a, a real naturalist. Like, he was so into nature and we lived near the bush. So, in a sense, bef- you know, we, we were brought up to be very Catholic and it was all kind of more of a show for the community that I started to realise going, you know, this isn't religion, this is just 
you know, showing off or something. Um, and I really didn't, you know, didn't sort of grasp it, um, even though we had to be involved. But, you know, before all of that, you know, as a, as young kids, what we learned was to, to adore and respect nature and be in nature. You know, like my grandfather used to take us for a walk down the bush and, and whistle to a bird and the bird would sort of come and peck at his jumper. And then the next time we went down, you know, he showed us the bird bird's nest and it was made of his jumper, you know, like it was just so beautiful. These are the things that I sort of had around me that I really, let's say, I'm gracious for. Yeah. That's what's up. Not many people can say that their grandparents' jumper was turned into a bush nest. So that's pretty fond <laughs> memory. I mean, that's rather unique right off the bat. So, um, I mean, you said you were kind of close to the bush. Uh, I don't know Sydney's, you know, locale very well personally. Were you really far away from city lights and like um, metropolis kind of living? Ah, uh, well, yeah. In those times, it was yeah a bit. Of, it was on the outskirts, and it would be like an hour train ride to the city, that kind of thing. So, and we lived uh, near the bush and, and a river system and a lake, so we could kind of escape. Like that was our escape, always down the bush, <laughs> as we'd call it, you know. Um, and exploring river, the river and caves and, you know, doing all kinds of initiations in those kind of places, which was lovely, actually. So um, back then, I'm guessing this is like the 70s, 80s kind of time when you're growing up. Uh, I think you're born in 64, if I'm not mistaken, based off of your handle. Though yes. I, I do have your chart. I was like, I should probably just look at her chart. Um, <laughs> Uh, what was the kind of culture of Australia? I mean, I, when I was there, Dreamtime and Aboriginal kind of culture had, in, especially in the New Age kind of um, shops or whatever, had become, and I went to a doof, like a little rave, thing, outdoor rave thing, uh, and it got to hear a didgeridoo on acid like five feet from me. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. But the point is, um, that kind of culture, was it like, had it percolated in the consciousness much at that point? Um. I'm just trying to remember. Uh, yeah, it was it was definitely around. Yeah, in the seventies. Yeah, and and I noticed it. I think you know, kind of. I was a pretty bold young girl, and you know, went to markets and bought my own tarot cards at twelve years old, and you know, kind of started exploring them, and and then was told later on like I shouldn't have those cards. I actually bought the um, what was it the the Alistair oh, Crowley the Okay, yeah, I was going to say. It's funny because I was actually gifted that when I was in Australia. I left it there. Um, I didn't have a very strong connection with that deck personally uh, just because I've – I mean, he's a cool Libra and all, I guess. I'm, but, uh, yeah. Just wondering, ahead, speaking of cool Libras, if anyone has statistics because I think the first deck that I ever bought was a Crowley deck as well. And I hear uh -huh. these stories time and again, and I actually believe that's kind of because, of course, the Rider Waite and the Crowley are the most famous ones. And I guess to a modern eye, the Crowley and Frida Harris version just is more aesthetically pleasing, I guess. Yeah, no? yeah, I agree. That's I mean, that's what got me. It's like, look at these paintings, you know, <laughs> these are these are fantastic as opposed to the Rider deck being kind of much more straightforward. Um, yeah. But now there's so many others, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite decks we've had, um, David DeAngelis, he did the Starman Tarot deck. Uh, which is kind of David Bowie based. Uh, that's a really yes. cool deck. So, um, so you got into tarot. Did you, I mean, were you just kind of winging it? I imagine being so heavily Pisces, you could probably do that. But I'm wondering if you had like little witch friends. Like, how were you the only non-muggle? How did that work? Um, 
again, I, I, I was probably the most, you know, and it wasn't like I was hiding it, but it wasn't like I was sharing it too much with anyone either, you know. Um, and then as, as I grew up, it was kind of like a private thing. And then it became, you know, it was, it was later. Um, I'm just trying to remember at school, it wasn't really, again, it was more of a private thing that I did, <laughs> you know. Um, and then, you know, just kind of got my own books and read more. And it felt like, like for me, when I took up astrology, it's like, I just know this stuff. You know, I resonate with it. I, I respond to it. I'm, I, it didn't feel like it was, it was just kind of sinking in again or something, you know, I'm sure you guys have experienced that as well. I very much have. Um, I'm an 11th house, sun, and in Gemini, so astrology, even though I'm like a, not a noob at all, but at this point, but I, and I'm not like well-learned, but it's just, it makes sense, like you're saying. Um, we've had Rick Levine on last uh, spring solstice, or uh, equinox, I mean, spring equinox. Oh, and, right. um Yeah, he's kind of saying the same thing, where he's like, I was an astrologer in a past life, and uh, this is just mm-hmm. kind of kicking back in the gear. So did you go to uni, uh, and if so, for what? I did uni for a while and I did, I was doing an arts degree, but then like two, <laughs> two years into it, um, I fell in love with a boyfriend, went hitchhiking up to Queensland and um, realized that the university studies, all I was doing was pretty much learning how to play pool in the bar. So um, although it was fun, I never finished it. Yeah. <laughs> Oi, Julia. <laughs> it's funny that you were playing bar pool. I mean, I, like I said, with so much Pisces, you know how to have a good time. You are a fun person, I'm no doubt. Um, and it's funny, I'm an art history dropout, so I totally get like, art's awesome, but what am I going to do with this, really? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. What kind of art were you studying? Like fine art, practical art, or historical? Um, or? It was, um, so yeah, fine, fine arts. And then I did history and English, I think. Um, um yeah history english and fine arts yeah i mean i loved it but um again i wasn't sort of concentrating on it um and you were yeah, a cool and then shark, sort of, apparently uh well you know i never i never went further with that either <laughs> were there any artists in particular that you remember standing out as to something that really moved your soul i mean for example i share the same birthday as mc usher and uh same big three as mc usher and Albert Durer. So their art's always spoken to me in some weird way. Um, but like I said, having an art history, to, I didn't get the degree, but having taken enough classes, um, the reason I was taking it was like, it got me off peripherally. I'm a musician. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I can get creative juices flowing just from knowing post and lintel construction and Da Vinci and all this shit. Uh, were there any artists yeah, or yeah. movements that were like really speaking to you? Well, actually, one, one of the things I really wanted to do was um, landscape architecture. And I just can't remember the name of, oh, she was an American um, landscape artist that did something in the Capitol on, at the War Memorial. I don't know if you remember. Oh, gosh. I anyway. I to DC a bunch as a kid. I grew up in Virginia, but I, I couldn't tell you artists, you know, oh, this is a commissioned piece by blah, blah, blah. I'm not that yeah, in the area. Uh, so it was kind of like I loved architecture and the combination of sort of art and design. Um, as opposed to like for, you know, for what I would want to do as opposed to being a painter or something, you know what I mean? Like that was my, like, I'd love to create things. 
um, you know, build something or make something look incredible. Um, I think it's a Venus in Taurus, you know, thing, like having something really physical that is practical, I suppose, um, in, in the art that I would want to produce somehow. Well, it seems you did build something with what with the CIA and all. Uh, and I'm sure people listening are going to have a lot of mental crossovers, as it, I'm sure that was intentional on your part at some level, which we'll get to. Um, so kind of walk me through. You dropped out of school. You went. Uh, where did you go hiking up in the Queensland? Uh, yeah, we were hitchhiking um, with a boyfriend to like for about eight months, you know, um, which is where, you know, in those times in Australia, you could be on the dole and do something like that, right? So this is at the age of, what, 1920? Um, and then I, and I, then we came back, like it was, you know, a fantastic experience and stuff, but then we came back, broke up and I met my husband, um, got married and sorry, moved to Melbourne and got married. (laughs) And then, you know, my life, like I was actually married at 24 by 24 years old. So, um, you know, um, it felt as though, oh, what's the word? Um. I had done so many things that it was like finding the right guy, so to speak, was just such a natural progression to say, yeah, I'm ready to commit to you. And it's interesting when I, when I looked at my chart or our synastries, very, very connected moon suns and and all of that. But um, for both of us, um, Saturn sits on each other's ascendants. So, you know, what we say with astrology, finding out that later going, oh, my gosh, you know, I married someone whose Saturn is on my ascendant and vice versa. And we say in astrology that Saturn is the one that sticks people together. And I've been married for uh, 35 years. So (laughs) it's lasted. That's what's up. Uh, Like you were saying, you're of Lithuanian descent, but um, a British colony essentially is an Australian. I'm engaged right now to... uh, someone who's British, she's in Stoke-on-Trent, but she's Lithuanian by blood, at least half. So, uh, Oh, yes, you mentioned that once, yeah. So, yeah, I was just thinking, oh, yeah, Baltic kind of, I call her my Baltic Bay. But anyway, enough about me. Um, so good <laughs> on you for being married that long. Was this transition from Sydney to Melbourne weird? or how? I mean, it's, I haven't been to either, but it seems like dramatically different, a little more cultured, uh, dare I say, cultured in a more kind of refined way, colder for sure. Uh, look, well, the weather's changing everywhere. We used to say that Melbourne had the strangest weather four seasons in one day, and it still does. But Sydney's kind of turning into into the same kind of thing now as well. Uh, maybe not as cold, but just as kind of volatile. Um, the move to Melbourne was easy because I, I said to my future husband at the time, I'll move to Melbourne if you get me a good job. And he did. He got me a job in an animation studio. I so, saw that on your thing and I was going to ask, we might as well, so you really were an animator. I was. I learned animation like from drawing um, and drawing cells to painting cells. But then my expertise became um, actually filming the filming the animation. So sitting under a rostrum camera, having a sheet, the call sheet, which was about oh, up to 15 takes. So... You know, we're doing 30-second commercials. It was for TV commercials, like motion graphics before computer animation, you know, so seeing a logo fly across the screen and light up with, you know, stars and all that kind of stuff. So 
It was amazing. And so I did the camera work became my expertise, which my boss said, you, you know, you're so good at this. You hardly ever get make mistakes um, except for the exposures or whatever that he'd have to change. But um, it was incredible experience and it really suited my Virgo midheaven <laughs> to be so kind of diligent and you couldn't afford to get things wrong, you know, um, or you'd have to do it all again and it would take hours, hours and hours. So it was amazing. That's what's up. I mean, um, this is probably right around the time. I mean, Disney had been doing stuff for a while, obviously with animation um, and anime from Japan probably wasn't popping at that point quite yet, mid 70s, 80s. I think it started popping more in the 80s. Um, were you looking to these things as influences or was it strictly like we're doing commercial work, make the logo fly across the star? Like, did it feel like magical or was it just kind of like a gig to you? Or how, how did you, you know, do you see what I'm saying? How artsy was it to you versus how practical? Uh, well, it was it was really creative. Um, my boss at the time, he was super creative. You could see kind of the whole process. Like it was like working in a you know promotion company as well. Oh, no, sorry, um, we worked a lot with advertisers, so we'd see you know the storyboards and then see how it would come to life and be given your job. You know, I, I used to paint backgrounds and you know move from there to painting cells to you know doing you know all kinds of stuff because in that. Um, it was only a small business, it was the leading business of animation in Melbourne at the time. Um, so I learned like many different avenues. But again, like I said, the, the, the thing that really kind of made me feel as though like this is incredible to do um, was the filming, you know, at the, the, the kind of final product. Um, and then it all changed to computer animation, um, which then other experts were sort of, I knew a bit of it, but um, I never got that far. And then I ended up having kids and leaving the job. <laughs> well, you do have a North Node in Cancer. So having kids was kind of on the docket or at least, you know, a family of some sort, even if it's not out of your womb, so to speak. Uh, I'm imagining the astrology community you've built up around yourself is kind of a family at that level. Yeah, that's the next one. <laughs> Um, and I'm looking at you have a Saturn and third uh, in Aquarius. So I'm sure, I mean, that lends itself right into astrology. So this whole time, I mean, you were an animator. No one knew about your magical um, side, I guess. It was kind of still in the closet, so to speak. Um, oh gosh, I'm just trying, I'm trying to remember myself. There had to be a coming out party. <laughs> like at some point, you're just like, I'm I mean, clearly where you are now. So it's like, I'm kind of curious what that transition looked like. Um, one day you were just like, I do readings all the time for friends and now I'm gonna do further like yeah no okay so I started um one of the things that really kind of changed my trajectory was after I had kids um you know a few years into it and I had a I've got a brother who's got mercury and pisces on the midheaven and he was kind of like very into you know kind of um higher spirits and traveling to other realms you know um, through different conscious states and, you know, lots of experimental drugs and all that Team kind of stuff. Team Rabbit Hole approves, don't worry. Yeah. yeah. And um, a lot of people, even my family, thought like he was going crazy and I just kind of understood him the most, right? And he changed my perception in so many ways and sort of gave me quite a few books to read, one of them being a David Icke book, Robots Rebellion. I know, you know, he's very controversial these days, but... 
I did read it and it changed my perspective on an awareness about, you know, the world out there. Like, I mean, you know, TV is rubbish and, you know, all that sort of stuff and really just started shifting my perception about information, what I was taking in and stuff. And, you know, kind of like he was the older brother and, you know, to me, he was wise and I took a lot of that in and, and that sort of started this trip um, that, in in between all of that also i was really into just reading a lot about magic and alchemy and i was always into magic and alchemy through the tarot and stuff and and i got to this level of of thinking okay so magic alchemy awareness you know consciousness um what what are, what is magic and alchemy or you know all these alchemists and i loved i loved reading about the actual people that were that you know um you know, from the Renaissance and all that kind of stuff. And and what I realized was that they all knew astrology. And I went, okay, before I, you know, before becoming an alchemist or a magician, I need to learn astrology. And so that was kind of my, my motivation. And it started probably more so around 32 or something, like more directly for me to sort of really take up that impulse. Which is funny. I was just doing the math in my head. Um, that would be in the early '90s, obviously, um, mid '90s. But um, 1987. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Bashar. Raphael is very into him and has turned me on to him. But um, something called I think in '90. I was born in '85, but in '87 um, was the Harmonic Convergence. New Age. I mean, it seemed like there was kind yeah, of yeah, right. Okay, you kind of know what I'm talking about. And like you're saying, David Ike, uh, random people like after the '60s and '70s was kind of like. I mean, it was a confluence of a lot of things, LSD, Timothy Leary, The Grateful Dead, The Beatles, all this kind of stuff. But that was still very counterculture. I think at some point it started seeping in and and um, the hippies had jobs or something like that. And it seemed like the new age was kind of, like crystals were not just in vogue. In a, I'm not saying that in a cynical way, but it was like the 80s and early 90s and stuff. It seemed like um, people, it was more culturally approved. Uh, it wasn't so radical. Yeah, it became, it, it sort of felt as though it was, it was just sort of so necessary somehow as well to be, um, to be part of it too at that time. Again, I'm just trying to remember, remember, but then, you know, there were still a lot of muggles around, <laughs> you know, I, I was always one of the hippies in whatever way you want to call that, you know, um, being different Pisces or bold life. or, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like I'm already um, wet. You guys jump in the water here. Come on in. Yeah, pretty much. Um, compared to you know girlfriends and stuff at the time or growing up. Um, yeah, I was. Um, I, I, look, I had three brothers, so maybe that helped. Kind of just you know, kind of be out there a bit more or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, keeping up with it all. Um, but yeah, interesting times. And then, then. Um, then I yeah I decided to take up formal studies of astrology by the by the age of thirty five, um, and my Sarah's return. Like? Uh, I mean, when you say formal study, did you go to like a school or did you get a mentor or how did that like were you self taught? Yeah, yeah. there was a great school in Melbourne at the time. It's it's since closed, but it was called the Chiron Centre um, with 
Brian Clark and Glennis Lawton, his wife, and they ran a school there for like for 25 years. So it was live classes, you know, you go once a week for two hours. And I just like from the first session, I just absolutely loved it and, you know, did more, you know, did, did bonus work, let's say, or read more or, you know, I was just so hooked um, that I never stopped. Like a lot of people would take breaks and not come back for whatever reason. I just you went straight through and yeah, I, just went, <laughs> I went through straight, you know, assignments on time, you know, like I just absolutely loved it and then um, never stopped really, you know, how, you know, I did the diploma, uh, which, um, after two years certificate course, you could do, I think we had to do six segments of, you know, other studies. So there was family astrology, there was mundane astrology, there was dream astrology. We could pick different ones. Um, uh, what was the other ones? Oh, no, I can't remember. Life cycles and astrology. So that gave us the diploma and then we had to write a finishing sort of dissertation um, of around 12,000 words or something. Um, and pretty much I dreamt up the CIA during that time as I was writing that. Um, and and pretty much it turned into what the CIA became, like this kind of what can astrology do for the collective? You know, how can astrology be useful on a collective level? We can see it so, so so working well, you know, on a personal level, but how does it work on a collective level? So, so that was, you know, my inspiration that then led to the CIA and, and making that happen. Yeah. That is what's up. I'm curious, was there a, um, I mean, I'm not, was this, first of all, I wish there were schools like this around. I'm sure there are. I'm just being a dumbass, not aware of them. I'm like, that sounds way more important than an art history degree to me. So I wish I had been tuned onto that. Alas, that's life. Um, was it mm -hmm. like a Hellenistic school, an evolutionary astrology school? Like what was the kind of shindig uh, no, they were pushing more? It was, it was a psychological astrology school a mostly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so very connected to the CPA in London. So the Centre for Psychological Astrology, you know, stemming from Liz Green and um, I was trying to remember all the other names, you know, Lynn Bell, um, Howard Sisportis. Um, so all the books that we read, you know, pretty much stem from, from those teachers. Um, and then the mythology was a big part of it because Brian was a um, master of mythology as well, Greek mythology. So his combination was exceptional in that sense. So it was symbol mythology and, you know, psychology, astrology, <laughs> you know, which is what, what I, well, studied for five years. Um, and of course, as we know, there's so much more to it. So it seems as though that was like a tiny bit, but it was a really good grounding. It was a super, super good grounding um, for, I highly recommend to anyone that loves astrology and really wants to, let's say, get into it to get a good grounding, you know, because there's so much going on out there that it's like, where do these people get this stuff from it's almost like some of it's just being made up or <laughs> you know i don't know which is kind of disconcerting at these times coming from a pisces that's a warning <laughs> it's like oh don't drink too hard much it's funny it's 444 <laughs> here and my phone is at 44 percent, so i'm sure that means something but maybe i'm making it up so um all right so you were kind of working on stuff dream psychology i mean uh, astrology sounds amazing it sounds like you got like you were saying a really solid background um, I'm imagining it gave you the confidence to 
I mean, clearly the knowledge, but also the confidence to already push into what you liked anyway, naturally. You'd been doing kind of magic on the side. Now it kind of seems to take the front burner, right? Uh, yeah, so it was, it was, you know, connecting and combining the magical aspects um, of astrology or, you know, magical thinking um, to, you know, being more, much more creative about our lives, you know. Um, you know, for whoever we saw personally, but also, you know, kind of collectively also, you know, being the creators of what's coming out and coming into this world. Um, and I th look, I, I do know that I inspired a lot of people and a lot of astrologers to sort of get get it together or get themselves out there as well. Um, you know, we came a we get around at the right time, let's just say, with Uranus in Pisces and Neptune in Aquarius, you know, our, our birth chart for the CIAs in 2005. Um, and it really kind of sums up, the you know, the spirit of the times where where there's this synthesis of, you know, quantum understanding and, you know, being your co-creator of your life and so on which kind of melded into the astrology that that we 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 are about i suppose um and it was birthed at that time which you know which is really significant looking back on it as well i've heard the leo king uh say that he was very specific about the inception of some of his projects with the astrology it sounds like you were quite aware of the chart of your uh cia inception so that's pretty cool um i guess that can be a wiser move than not <laughs> Well, it was um, at the time that I, I had the name Cosmic Intelligence Agency in my head for about a year before I kind of bought the name for the website and the the impulse to buy the website at the time, I didn't know enough about electional astrology at the time. Like, again, my certificate or my diploma, I don't think we knew a little bit, like some of the things we only did a little bit of electional astrology or traditional astrology. But so I just kind of had the impulse and I bought the name and then I looked at the time, <laughs> right? Like I didn't sort of elect, oh, I'm going to do it at, you know, 2.45 today. Um, I, I did it the opposite. I just had this impulse. I'm doing it now. Okay, what's the time? And then, you know, click the chart. Oh, it happens to be awesome. Sorry? Uh, you, you kind of just did your thing and looked up at the clock and were like, oh, shit, it's actually a really good time to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the Pisces <laughs> stuff as well. Um, and but what happened, um, guys, was that, you know, years later, so the CIA chart has 23 Capricorn rising. Um, so we've had a bit of a testy year. Our website went out uh, and age, our webmaster died um, last year. There was a lot of kind of commotion around this 23 Capricorn, that's for sure. We got hacked the year before <laughs> as Pluto, um, you know, started coming on to that ascendant. Uh, there's a new moon on that ascendant next week, so kind of lots of new beginnings and things happening. But um, what what happened was, you know, then years later, finding out my own, looking more into astrology and learning more as we do, uh, finding out about the pre-eclipse um, or the eclipses that you were born into. And so my pre-eclipse, um, solar eclipse, um, that happened in January before I was born, was at 23 Capricorn. <laughs> um, so, you know, when I found that out, I went, oh, my God, my life is so entwined with 
the CIA. Like this is my life, you know, whatever happens to it, if it's just me running it by myself over the year, you know, later down the track, whatever, it's still, you know, it, it is my life. You know, this is my, my astrology. Flesh, bone of my bone kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I suppose it will never kind of leave me. I, I don't have a personal astrology page. Do you know what I mean? It's so Pisces that this is, you know, this is my stuff. You know, um, this is our stuff. This is stuff for all of us, you know. Um, and, yeah, anyway, so I don't know. It might change down, down the track, but for now it's all good. I'm happy to run it still. <laughs> Well, I'm stoked that the uh, new moon will be affecting you that directly and you're cognizant of it. So hopefully you can kind of manifest some magic around that. Um, Raphael, uh, do you have any kind of questions or insights into anything she said thusly? Well, all I can just say is that since we've had Kirili on, these are the kind of intelligence agents I'd like to have. <laughs> so I've only been myself peripherally, peripherally aware of all of your activities, but certainly... Well, as we've been discussing on many shows, astrology in many ways is, you know, the science of the kings in a sense, or this funny saying I'm sure you're aware of where they say, um, millionaires don't have astrologers, billionaires do. And uh, we've had different astrologers on, but maybe it'd be interesting if you just want to kind of lay out your individual approach. And also, as I had been asking in the green room, anything you'd like to mention about the particular times we are in right now from your astrological viewpoint because oftentimes objectifying things in that sense or applying a different lens may assist some in de-emotionalizing any situation and uh, just gaining more perspective ah uh, wow yeah thank you Raphael. god where do you start on what what's going on um Oh, look, I'm glad. I just want to say something about the agents. Um, the agents are all, I call them the agents of chaos because they're very free to do whatever they want to do. We don't have a, you know, kind of like you need to do this. Um, there, there is a bit of a protocol that you should do a few things with the CIA once a year. And if you don't, we kind of not let you go. Um, it's almost like, well, we're not going to chase you up. So you have to be proactive. We have, we say to the agents that it's an activated agent is the ones that we're working with. Okay. Um, and they come and go, you know, there's sort of, um, let's say, you know, killer in it, in a sense is having time out. She used to do our new moon reports for, for years. So, you know, she's having time out, which is fine, which is great. So, you know, <laughs> agents go but she still identifies herself as an agent. She still says the number on her reports and stuff on her own. You know she what they say about the real CIA? Once a spook, always a spook, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, you, once you're in, you can never leave. We'll call, a, call on you at some point. But no, Kiralee Kira is, yeah, definitely still an agent. And it's all about... Um, uh, you know, some people join us and then never really find their place or never kind of um, uh, do do enough or whatever. So I, I, I stay with working with the ones that are interested the most, okay? That's – I'm sick of chasing up people that, you know, are half there. Do you know what I mean? It's got to so be their like, excitement, if, as you're saying. Right, and if I may, because you obviously have a lot of experience in this – if you may want to share maybe the most important ideas that or lessons you've learned along that path or integrated in terms of how to actually do successful 
teamwork in a sense, even with the most positive intent, because these are issues, of course, many, let's say, projects are stumbling across. So I'd be curious to know what you have to say about that. Uh, yeah, um, gosh, <laughs> what would the agents say? Well, they call they call me control. Um, and that comes from the Get Smart series, <laughs> which I keep reminding them um, uh, was a chaos chasing control right so um yeah so the agents are chaos and and i'm control trying to sort of you know gather them in to do stuff um i first of all don't want to uh what do you call it um run a big organization that's full of stress okay so uh, that people that know me know that that's just not the way we operate it's like it's much more organic you know we want to do this yes okay you're doing that you're doing that and it's worked kind of really well um i found working with other organizations there's so much time i would say wasted on meetings that go nowhere and i also don't want to kind of spend time on that either so again if you get too many people involved too many people involved you've got too many sort of opinions and ideas so it's almost like this is the idea who's in right um and i've I've found that that works better than sort of um you know let's gather a whole lot of ideas and which one are we going to do um house saturn in third house you're just like look here's the idea (laughs) (laughs) jump in or not it's like you you want to be in the class or not just deal with it something like that and we've got we've had a few things that like we now we do kind of regularly and stuff and and sort of working working with that um and i've I've tried getting a more uh what's the word um what do you call it um uh, not office (laughs) what do we call it um see i don't even know what it's called um um Oh, gosh, it's the words completely escape me. Like you know, we'd have meetings regularly every week with the group. You know, more but official we, we, maybe, or yeah, more official meetings. I'm just trying to think of the, the team rendezvous. <laughs> yeah, so the team changes depending on the project. Okay, and um, it's always I've always kind of left it very open. You know, if if there's an idea, you know, kind of you know, bring it to me. Let's have a talk about it. What how it would work and this kind of stuff. So. Um, and we take it from there, you know, um, some, a lot of the things I get often is Julia, we should do that, right? We should do that. And I said, okay, you start it, you write it up, you get the people you want involved or, you know, tell, you know, let's have a meeting, um, organize it. And from that point, it's amazing how much does not happen. Do you know what I mean? Like it goes nowhere because people expect me to do everything. Right. And it's like, I can't do everything. I'm actually doing as much as I can. Um, and there's room for much more that we can do. Um, but I'm really, really skeptical about pushing that too far so that I'm completely overworked. I've gone through those, you know, points before, of course. Um, and I kind of found this level that I like now. Yeah. Nice. You're drifting along the lazy river, seemingly comfortable as a Pisces. I, I noticed, and uh, we can get um, Raphael. I do want to address, you know, current uh, astrology and all sorts of. I saw you post about Julian Assange's chart. Maybe even watching him for a few years. You said we can get into that maybe after the. Com- um, I was going to say commercial break, the music break. Uh, one sure. of the things I wanted to talk about um, before the hour mark, though, is um, two things. Uh, you, I think I saw you were agent number twelve. Is that because you're a Pisces? 
Uh, and I'm born on the 12th of March. So okay, I'm double whammy. Of, yeah, yes. <laughs> right, because um, I was like, I would imagine you were Agent 1, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Well, um, people have asked for Agent 1. It's, it's quite funny. And there's a lot of loonies that sort of ask for stuff. And I've taken off, you know, become an agent off our website. Or, you know, it's not as obvious because you'd get just so many people with no, no no good ideas and look you know everyone's welcome to to let's say become an agent but you just need a mission that's what we say like what are you going to do with us okay um so uh where was i sorry <laughs> God, like, i was kind of curious about the christening of the agency um and how you had gone about doing that like, like your agent 12 I, I don't know what kirali is i don't know what kapach is uh, like uh, kirali's 27 and kapach's 50 and it's it's kind of like a the it's a just a fun system about how you get your number um a lot of numbers under a hundred have been taken but now have let's say come up again because those agents have gone missing in action as we say <laughs> um and yeah, so 12, I often say it's one and two, you know, um, and, you know, there's no three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine. And that's mainly because um, it's like, are you going to be a good enough agent to get like, num you know, to be number four, right? Like, or number five, you know, you have to really kind of get your stripes to to become agent five. Or something. It's pretty you know impressive what I mean? that you leave those vacant, I gotta say, that's cool. <laughs> Well, I thought one day maybe I can sell them because we've got badges, you know, like a profit, <laughs> you know, um, we've got, uh, yeah, I've, I've still got the agent one badge and one agent two badge and agent three badge and all the other numbered, like we've got, a, I think, 150 numbered ones and then 150 non-numbered ones, you know, this is years ago. And, you know, all the good numbers have gone, right, like as the badge. So they're pretty like a collector's item in that sense. So... I'm just keeping the other ones again. Like you've got to really, if you want to be agent three, what are you going to do? <laughs> do you know what Rise I mean? It's got to be something. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be someone pretty special. Um, I think I offered Rob Hand to be agent, you know, something up there once. <laughs> um, you know, like someone that's done a lot of work in astrology and could, you know, add to our, you know, fabulous bunch that we've got, of course. <laughs> Well, I'm slightly discouraged that it's just not an option anymore. I was like, I've got to get in there. I'm not an astrologer much. I was like, we've got to get Team Rabbit Hole a number in there somehow. But that's probably not possible. In any event, um, how Sure far... it is. You well, just we'll have to discuss talk. That you know, later. we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to blow you up about that now. Uh, but I love the system. I love the um, fun and pizzazz, but also the structure. It's smart what you're doing. I mean, I, I feel like there's a, uh, you know, a mental awareness, but it's also playful. So it, it's it's both and. It's, you know, sometimes astrology. <laughs> Especially, um, yeah. you know, not older astrology, but like there was a time probably right around when you came around when astrology started being more hip, like and not just about books, but about like engagement of community and people and their ideas. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen that in my time as an astrologer and I've seen it change. And, and, and as I said, I, I think, you know, something like the CIA has really helped change and social media, it's the combination of that that has really changed the community and, you know, made it more inclusive, um, you know, in so many ways. But, you know, the thing that really sort of scared me the most is is becoming too big, too corp, you know, becoming corporate and then sort of going all against, like, I don't, I don't want to be 
the big businesswoman. I just don't. I mean, I know that, you know, that can be assigned to other people. So my whole idea, it's like if there's a kind of a, like a fractal that spins off and does something, you know, that's the CIA in UK or that's the CIA over here doing this, you know, that appeals to me much more than sort of, I don't know, being in charge of everything, you know, <laughs> like that scares, that scares me, right? I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I totally hear you. On the one hand, it's very much like you like baking cookies in the, you know, your kitchen and then, um, you know, selling and becoming hostess or something is like maybe not on the agenda, so to speak. Uh, and it's funny because yeah, or having whole... to make a million cookies a day or something. Yeah, it's, you, you know, just like, lose the joy. Yeah. It's like what the fuck yeah. am I doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, exactly. It just, you know, the whole spirit kind of gets uh, squelched or something. Yeah, it's funny exactly. because um, Team Rabbit Hole sort of. It's funny. Uh, basically, Raphael. At one point, I posted a DMT trip report, and he responded to me because I just had this crazy experience with Egyptian deities and Kundalini activation back in the day. Uh, and he was like, oh, he hit me up randomly. It started off as a hashtag. It turned into a meme page. And then I've, I totally understand what you mean because there's a few other Team Rabbit Hole chapters, I would even almost call them, um, uh -huh, uh -huh. that they spread it out. So it's funny because I totally get what you're saying where it's like, do what you guys want. Make it cool. I don't care. Um, it, it's a balance between like <laughs> branding and that kind of pride of that, I guess, at a level. But at some level, it's like, I'm just trying to have fun. And if it's not fun, like, yeah, why, the yeah. fuck, why the fuck am I doing it? So uh, I think maybe now is a good time to take a quick music break if you want to go to the bathroom or get some tea. Um, okay, and okay. we'll be back in a few minutes. This is a Bella Fleck song, Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones. And it's funny because you said you like, you know, you're so Piscean and so happy. This is a very happy uh, tune. It's a banjo player with a band that does pretty radical shit. Ah, uh, cool. See you soon. Welcome back, Team Rabbit Hole 204, Cosmic Intelligence Agency, Agent 12. Hello. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, it's a rather happy tune. And once you were like, I'm a happy person, I was like, all right, this will work. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of looking at your chart, and I'm wondering, if, before we kind of talk about other whatever, whatever you want to talk about, um, why you choose the house system porphyry. I think uh, um, uh, Levine does that. And um, I, I just I, I, I sometimes use whole system or equal sign. Was we just had a uh, Christopher Wotecki on, and he was saying angels had been told from a Viennese woman to change his house system. So I'm kind of wondering, and there's no uh, wrong answer. I'm just curious, why do you use um, the house systems you do? Uh, well, it actually came through. I mean, I was taught when we were studying. Uh, it was Placidus. Placidus was everywhere in in all the, the let's say standard. psychological. So, sorry? Placidus is like the gold standard. Yeah, pretty much. And then, you know, as, as you kind of develop and I started, when I started teaching astrology and then I had to kind of put together my lesson on houses and of course teaching teaches you so much more. It's amazing. Like when you have to gather what you want to say and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and then I realized that Porphyry was the easiest one to understand because Oh, you know, besides maybe equal houses, um, whole signs is a little bit more complicated. I actually don't see the point in whole sign houses and I can tell you why, but um, Placidus just divides the angles equally. Okay. So, uh, sorry, it divides the houses in between the angles equally. So it's just easier to teach. And then, you know, we often say that it's good to you, you know, then sort of 
oscillate and tweak and have a look at, you know, two or three different house systems, you know, for a chart to see what moves and, you know, just to be aware of that, you know, before doing a reading. Um, so I just use it because that's the one I teach with. But um, I'm actually very much into exploring Campanus at the moment. <laughs> um, and that's because it's hard to explain houses, isn't it? Um, but I was about to ask about... you to give you kind of a definition because whenever I'm giving a reading, I'm like, this is an archetypal flavoring, but it's not exactly what the sign is, uh, but it's resonant enough. So, you know, like if you see kids in the field learning, it's like, that's so third house or something. But yeah. I, yeah. but it's very much to me as an amateur astrologer, I'm like, I don't know combustion engines. I'm not a mechanic. I just turn the keys <laughs> and it goes. Uh, it's, clearly, there's been a lot of debate, history, and evolution through these systems. But to me, it seems very much like I turn the key, it works. Um and yeah, another way yeah, I kind of describe yeah. it is like, uh, like for example, you're, um, or uh, I'm gonna uh, depending on the system, it's like an eleventh house sun Gemini. So I'd be like, I'm a Gemini with a, like a Gemini cupcake with uh, Aquarius icing, or uh -huh, something uh -huh. like that. But how would you, um, to the layman, and for the record, houses, if people aren't aware of what a, we're talking about, when you look at the circular chart of an astrology chart, it's the subdivisions, the slices of the pie, so to speak, of the circle itself. So. If you want to wax poetic on houses for a minute, totally feel free. I mean, it sounds like you know more than I do, obviously. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, well, tell me anything you might want to. There's four points in the in the circle that uh, connect. You know, can well two points that connect us to the earth. So it's the de ascendant and the descendant, right? So houses are, in a sense, divisions from the earth. Um, we already have divisions of the sky, which are the signs, okay? This is why I don't really see that whole sign houses kind of make a difference because if you use the charts, like the one that I send you off my, of my astrology chart, it's got the signs on the outside, hasn't it? Like, you know, 30 degrees. So you can see if you wanted to, you know, the whole signs anyway, right? So to me, the whole signs are already there. Okay. Touche. I see what you're saying. I'm glad I asked because yeah. you do have Saturn in third Aquarius. I'm like, oh, okay, you're totally making sense to me right now. Okay, great. Good teacher. That's that's what I've been told. Winning. Agent 12. <laughs> Props. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then houses are the divisions from like the inside of the earth. Okay, so to me that they've got to be kind of separated, right? That's why I don't really kind of get the whole sign fad like it is a fad you might have, have just converted me i'll be straight up because i've i've, I've i started with placidus because that's just what it was on astro.com right or most yep, websites yep. that are standard and then people were like oh, i'll do whole sign and it changed a little um like you know my venus goes from ninth to 10th or whatever yep, some things yep. changed but now that you're saying oh look it's already evident on the outside of the wheel it's like it's, oh no shit a, yeah, there it is <laughs> absolutely so you know you can play around with them and then it's really not anything that's you know it has to be that way it's just depends what you get used to um again as i teach i say you know use two or three and just tweak them around like for me I've got Venus and Jupiter in the fifth house, but in whole sign, my Venus moves to the sixth, you know, it's like, well, I know where I prefer it. Um, right, right. But, you know, um, and, and, but anyway, again, um, I, I think there's so many, yes, like as you were saying, your Gemini sign is in the 11th house and this is a, and it's, you know, got the tinge of the Aquarian tone. 
what when I was studying astrology, we did not study that way because um, it's more of a modern sort of technique to put, you know, Mars first house and you know Aries in kind of a grouping and yes archetypally they're very sort of connected and similar but what's the difference between Aries and um, Mars and the first house you know planets signs and houses function in a different way you know as we know Um, Mars you know what Mars is not necessarily first but Aries is right I heard yeah (laughs) Um, that kind of thing. Mars, you know, might want to be first, but he might be in Taurus or Pisces or whatever. So it, it sort of really tinges what sign he is in. But Aries is first, okay? The first house is first. But what's the dip- difference between the first house and Aries, so to speak? Um, oh, gosh, let me just kind of um, – the first house is, you know, very personal, okay? Self, it's it's your – It's like everything about you personally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's what you, you know, your character that sort of stands out, Um, you know, whereas Aries, wherever that might be in a chart, is this sort of impulse to, you know, begin and start things. But it's not necessarily the first, you know, it's not the first house. It's a different, it's a different impulse. And I think, you know, evolutionary astrology and astrologers, and I can't remember the, the astrologer's name. It's not Jeffrey Wolf Green. There was another kind of, you know, older version of this Not whole Dean Rudger, I, is it? no it can't, it was a female now i can't remember her name but she kind of first coned that sort of thing first house aries um you know mars let's you know this is a really good way to teach um i think that's fine at the beginning but then you need to sort of be able to separate it right yeah, it's because like training wheels yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah no, but I do appreciate how you're just, just kind of walking me through that because that is exactly accurate. Like the resonance of Mars, it's like a square is not a rhombus kind of thing. Um, uh-huh. These uh-huh. things are similar but not exactly the same. So I, I totally hear what you're saying um, in terms of the first house having a very much a, a prescience and selfhood, whereas Mars is more about action ability and impulsivity. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And those, I mean, those can correlate, but they are necessarily different. Uh, functions or whatever one would call it. So um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Was there anything else you want to kind of talk about? How? Um, I was just going to say we, you know, there's often a, a kind of saying that we have that you know planets are the actors, the signs are the stage set, and the how you know sorry the the houses are the this sorry the houses are the stage set and the the sign is the um, is you know the backdrop or the scene okay so you know you, you've got three different sort of aspects to one thing and and the, coming like animation, together of that, right? the foreground animation background yeah yeah right mid-ground. oh that that didn't come from me again i can't remember who first kind of taught that way there's just so many things that kind of you know infiltrate the way that you might repeat things um i don't remember and quote everybody that i've ever kind of learnt from don't do that <laughs> Just take credit, girl. Just take, run with it. It's like, you know what? I had a dream once, and uh, this is how it came. No, I hear what you're saying. It seems like the houses are kind of like, um, you know, in um, Looney Tunes animation, it's like, are you in a desert? Are you in a jungle? Yes. Where are you at? And then exactly. the sign is like, is it nighttime or daytime? Is it hot or is it cold? Exactly. And then it's yeah. like, is and Bugs the, here yeah. or is Daffy here? Or yeah. who's here? Yeah. So, 
And this is where you can get much more specific about painting the scene, painting the picture, painting, painting what's happening. And this is what we get good at. Like at the moment, I'm just seeing the chart for, you know, I don't know, whatever chart I've got. It's actually set for Greenwich. But anyway, you know, there's all these, you know, Capricorn and Aquarius in the fourth house. This is where you can describe what's going on, you know, with all the planets there, all the actors are there. There's so many actors in there and they're kind of in Capricorn and Aquarius. Like what's going on? If that was someone's fourth house, you know, you've got a, well, it's a complicated picture <laughs> going on, but you need to be able to explain that to someone, right? You know, in a, in a consult. Um, and, you know, the more, the more depth and the, the more description you have, the more it's tuned to them. Okay. As opposed to it's more generic when you group Mars, Aries, blah, blah, into the first house. Um, so anyway, it, it's experience. I mean, astrology is all about experience and as magical as it is, and it's, it's, it's very playful and it's inspiring and it's creative. Um, there's still this sort of element that, that, you know, the more that you study it, the more confident and the better you're going to be at whatever it is you're going to do with it for sure. You know? Right. I imagine at some degree, uh, at some level, I mean, it's a kind of a, it's, I mean, I think of music. Some people are like, um, like I'm a self-taught musician who's kind of more into jazz and improvisation and, you know, feeling. And I've played with people who are like, you know, Juilliard or whatever type classically trained musicians. And I'd mm -hmm. be like, all right, just, you know, play the sound of leaves falling or something. They're like, what? Uh, and, but if they were saying like, you know, play a 30-second note uh, in this key, this sharp, you know, I'd be like, what? So it seems yeah. um, people have different temperaments, more, you know, more, um, well, obviously, yin and yang, right? Kind of energy, more feminine, more masculine, um, organized versus kind of uh, ephemeral and, and dreamy, more receptive. Yeah. Um, go ahead. If you were going to say something, I don't want to cut you off. No, no, <laughs> I was just, just going to say that, um, of course, you know, our own astrology charts kind of reflect the kind of astrology that we like, you know. Um, are we going to kind of go through the hard yards to keep studying or we want something quickly or um you know we could look at mercury we could look where our uranus is we could look where saturn is you know if it's to become a job and and that kind of thing so you know for me my job is astrology and saturn's in aquarius and i run a you know online teaching um, astrology the yeah teaching astrology you know it's perfect so, you know, to look at someone's Saturn, um, you know, are you going to kind of be able to work as an astrologer? Where is it? What is it, what is it doing? Again, I mean, it's all the combination of the whole chart, of course, you know, tells the story. Um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, like where's, like do you, what do you guys do for work? Like what do you two do for work as I look at your Saturns? <laughs> oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> uh, I, I think Raphael's in a similar boat, actually. I can't speak for him. I've been, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a Gemini, sun and moon. So I've, but I got Chiron and Gemini. I've been floating. I don't think I've ever had a longer job than, well, maybe I've had one for like a year that was part time. But I've traveled. I mean, I've lived in Switzerland and Ecuador and Australia and all sorts of random shit. Uh, right now, I'm yep. unemployed. Yep. I give readings, but like from home, <laughs> and like not many right now. But that's fine because I don't. I mean, I'm kind of. I uh, and I'm a musician, but that's not like. There's no. Let's put it this way. I, I've always hated money and hated the systems. This is a problem with Venus and Taurus, right? I'm like, why the fuck are we doing well, all this? Let's have fun and like dream and like make it work as opposed to like being numbers in the machine. Yeah, That's always yeah, yeah I'm just, but anyway. 
I'm looking at your Saturn at the South Node in Scorpio. You know, you've been burnt before somehow with money and work. So not surprisingly, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And now you, you know, this is like, you know, more of a past life South Nodal um, story and Jupiter squares that and, and yeah, opposite your MC. So yeah, the, the, the way forward in this lifetime is actually, yeah, do what pleasures you, you know, don't be caught into someone else's trap of making money for sure. Believe in your own sort of Aquarian vision for that so i mean you're what 30 hang on um I'm 35. No, no. 35 yeah correct and i think Rafael's so, 32 yeah so you're going to be go coming through what we call your jupiter return so the third jupiter return yeah yeah i'm stoked now what this is a really significant lifetime cycle that's coming up the next 10 years okay it starts with the jupiter return it continues with your saros return um it continues with your nodal return and then all the midlife stuff which is you know pluto square uranus opposition and so on so this next 10 years jim is the making of who you are okay it's funny that you say that because uh i before i was ever into astrology at some point i read some you know very vague astro.com kind of thing or whatever I had read. And it was basically like, your life will suck until you're 35. And okay, I was like, there you okay, go. Sure. <laughs> and I've always come to like, well, okay. Yeah, well, they're the turning points, you know, coming up to the Jupiter return. You know what? This is where you'll get your first inspiration. You know, you, you're a people person with Jupiter in the seventh in Aquarius. You're community minded. You know, stick to that as like the first inspiration, right? Um, then your nodal return is, of course, in Taurus in the 10th house. Taurus wants to make things more pleasant for people in, in the end, you know, ruled by Venus. And where's your Venus? Venus is, oh, in Taurus, right there. So, Conjunct. you know, enjoying what you create as well, okay? Um, and, you know, being rewarded by creating and making money. And that will come. That's what you've got to trust. That's what you've got to learn to trust, that, you know, following your heart, so to speak, will will reward you, okay? Um, you know, it's a very Oprah thing to say, but it's true. No, I'm all about it. I mean, that's the funny <laughs> thing because it's like it might sound like trite advice or something, but it's dead-ass accurate. The, the places where, I, you know, the reasons I was ever an alcoholic or smoking mad weed or whatever uh -huh. was because I was on like in a grind. Like I worked yeah. at Starbucks in Waikiki and I was like, that's beautiful. I can go stand on the beach at break and smoke some weed in the bathroom of whatever I was doing. Um, yeah, but at the yeah. same time, it was like, this is dead end. My heart's not in it. And one can yeah, adapt yeah. and, you know, whatever. I mean, it is life isn't all about getting all your way. Um, but, yeah, what you're kind of saying is like there's an um, – I mean, this is a kind of a vulgar way to put it. It's like aesthetic lubricant really makes it go a lot easier. So it's just like make it beautiful and, and – Yeah, make it, it beautiful. Yeah. And it works. Yeah, with music and creation, art, um, you know, you can't go wrong, but you've definitely got, you know, the community kind of minded spirit and connecting people together, which is what you're doing here <laughs> um, as part of it. Yeah, for sure. Was that a zero Leo, Leo rising? Um, so we, what we, oh, hang on. No, Ascendant is 23 Leo. Yes. I think Sorry. Raphael's looking, might be, yeah. Yeah. we're both yeah. Leo risings. Ah, nice. Yeah, with the moon and ascendant together. And so, Raphael, you're also, you're a little bit younger. 
Um, so you've got a few years to go, but 32 is a really um, important year as well because Mars and Venus return to the same pattern that you were born into, okay? So Mars will return to Libra in at 32 and Venus will be in Scorpio at the same time. So that's um, an interesting kind of combo. It only happens every 32 years for Mars and Venus to do the same thing. Um, so, yeah, you're both in kind of an incredible kind of leap forward, let's say, evolutionary in your life. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. So, Rafael, did you have any questions? I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, we can get into all kinds of backgrounds. And I have had some great astrologers read my chart also historically, for example, mentioning about uh, Uranus returns and what that does and, you know, Saturn returns, of course. And there are oftentimes mm -hmm. correlations to be found, which is highly interesting. Um, to me, the whole idea about following your excitement, well, that's all I'm ever talking about or doing if I can. I'm not sure if that's some Venus aspects, but what'd be interesting to me is to the degree just that you can glance over it is where you would see as to why uh, Jim and I oh, actually uh, do this show. That's how I see it. Because it was Raphael's idea. We just shot the shit and he one day was like, why don't we make a podcast? I was like, sure, I'll well, all the cats and here we go. I mean, the first thing is the your ascendant is 23, Jim, and your moon is 20, um, Leo. So, you know, they're conjunct. Conjunct. Moon and Ascendant, um, you've both got Pluto on the IC in Scorpio. So there's some kind of a connection on a very deep kind of level that you understand each other and are not scared about kind of bringing up, I suppose, lots of subjects, um, lots of different things. Have you had many controversial things that have happened on uh, the show? Not between us personally. <laughs> not really. Uh, he's not really? Okay. really chill, but I, we talk about everything. We've had QAnon people yeah. on. We've had, you know, every yeah. kind yeah. of monkey. I'm basically, if I find you interesting, I'm like, oh, you're a cool Pokemon. Let's uh -huh. see why you're uh, <laughs> yellow and say Pika Pika. Like, why? So, yeah, Rafael yeah, yeah. kind of holds yeah. the space, and he's always kind of, um, it's funny, he's a little younger than me, but he, I've always told him he's more my Morpheus. Because at some point, uh -huh. I just kind of like started waking up, and he's like, but of course. Like, it feels it's hard to explain, but it's just like, uh, like, I'm going down the rabbit hole, but he's like the Cheshire cat or something. That's I mean, basically, <laughs> to the degree that it may relate historically, it may it may seem that with the Uranus return about when I was 21, that some certain things hit, and that's at least the way I feel it, potentially also because of parallel incarnations and so on, that I, to the best of my abilities, took up quite a few lessons, which maybe otherwise mm. take may take a few more years. I mean, everyone is so unique, you can never generalize, right? But that's one astrological way of how I came to understand this. So I wasn't waiting for like sudden return or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you've also both got Taurus, you know, mid-heaven um, and very close as well. So, you know, that sort of um, connection to culture and art and the arts, um, you know, as a personal sort of goal, you know, that that's what I'm into, you know, that's where I want to go more. Um, that's what I want to do. Um, 11th house connections. Um, yeah, you know, I, but, I, you know, just initially I'd say it's the moon and the ascendant. Um, we're very, very um, drawn to people, you know, by our moons, yeah. Um, have you met in real life? Or just online. I was supposed to. So I was in Australia for three months. I had a one-way ticket to Vienna uh, from L.A. But when I got to L.A., COVID was – I mean, when I was leaving Australia, they were like, have you been to China? And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> it's like 
it was a Valentine's Day, basically. So uh, I got to North Hollywood. I got stuck there for a month, and I live in Colorado. So uh, no, I, I had intended to go hang out with them and you know go to Stonehenge and do acid or whatever the fuck I was going to do. Right, right, right. You know, right. Yeah. But uh, that clearly did not happen. So yeah. we haven't met, but it was. It, it felt like the gods were mocking me because I was like, I bought the ticket. Like he was like, <laughs> um, we've been doing this for a while, but not, not yet. Yeah, and your Venuses are opposite each other too. So another, you know, that's like super attracted to each other. You know, I'm, not, I'm saying that in, you know, whatever way. It doesn't oh, have to be sexual romance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. So you know, it's it's there for sure. Yeah, I mean, synastry is fascinating. As well, I mean, there's so many aspects of astrology that it's like, which rabbit hole do you want to go down today? You know, I mean, I can start looking at charts and go off in tangents and just go, oh my god, three hours has gone past and I haven't done anything of what I was supposed to do. You know, may I ask then, maybe especially because, well, it's your main thing in a sense as well. To what degree have you done synastry in a sense for your agents? Because that's what I'm kind of trying to push in our small group locally, physically to kind of, because we all, you know, already learned who can collaborate with whom and we're equally chill and we do it quite similar to how you described, you know, we're just doing things right and having fun. But certainly I've been kind of, or more often than not thinking about, oh, we should totally go through these, you know, astrology, human design, all of that. So I'd be curious Mm -hmm. to what extent you have experience with that or found like, really, you know, helpful solutions in that, maybe even for companies, I don't know what kind of clients you have, anything you want yeah. to share? Um, well, um, with the agents, yeah, definitely, there's always, you know, I'll, I'll, if, you know, they come on board, I'll, you know, say, I You're want like, you to no know Scorpios. the CIA chart. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no Scorpios, yeah, right. Actually, some of the Scorpios are some of the best agents. <laughs> oh, they probably are. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like they connect to the chart. Like there's an incredible, incredible resonance to like, oh my God, your you know your Venus is on our Venus, or your you know, and and there's so many correlations like that. So it's not so much um, that we're doing it like you know you've got to get on with me or or so and so. It just happens naturally, and it's again I love watching that happen as opposed to orchestrating it, right? Or you see what happens. Um, and you know there's a lot of water signs especially with the women in the in the group in the agency um but yeah somehow they're all very connected to to the you know the chart of the cia and you know having our webmaster jd you know die unexpectedly mid-year with you know all that stuff on our ascendant was just like oh my god this is too much you know (laughs) this is too much but it happens, you know, it's there. Um, and very it feels kind like never-ending story. I don't know if never-ending story. Yeah, yeah, where it's just like yeah, we're yeah. reading the book, we're telling ourselves. So it's like it always – it's funny. It almost disturbs is too strong of a negative connotation, but it's like irksome sometimes how resonant. Like, for yeah. example, um, you know, all the craziness happening today in D.C., with a guy dressed as a bull as Mars goes into Taurus as Uranus in Taurus. It's like, is this shit, like, are we kidding? Like, you can't make this shit up. I know. Like, are they watching the astrology? We see that all the time, don't they? Like, you know, you've been following. um, And we wouldn't be surprised these days because there's so much astrology floating around everywhere, isn't there? So, I mean, yeah, it's it's quite profound. And and you look around. um, Let's just say when when – things let's say the death of someone happens and you see it so kind of profound you know like 
really in your face. Um, you know, you just kind of, ooh, you just understand the power and the sacredness of astrology and how embedded into, you know, kind of everything. And the more conscious of, of it we are, of course, the more conscious, you know, the more it's going to be around us, you know. So um, I think once you first start, you might feel like you go a bit crazy. <laughs> It's definitely a red pill situation. You're like, oh my, I mean, if you've seen The Matrix, it's like when he starts turning metal and he's like, oh my God, his heart rate's going crazy. I, I really do think that awakening at various stages, and I don't think it's an all at once thing, quite frankly, I think, you know, just like a Saturn return is not, you know, later on or earlier on, it seems there's initiatory phases. I personally believe like 2012, um, whether my reasoning is more like Terrence McKenna and, um, you know, certain things like that, but it seems we've initiated into a new kind of quality of time. Um, and I'm kind yeah. of curious, uh, what maybe some of your ontological presuppositions are in the sense of like, do you think we're in a dream? Do you think, uh, like, I mean, I know there's a hermetic principle of like as above, so below. So that's, you know, astrologers kind of get, you know, off on that. But, uh, um, how do you look at life? Or, I mean, it seems real, but like we've had guests on who are like, we're in spirit, but it's like a materialized spirit. So we're convinced it's real, quote unquote, but we're just in a dream. How do you kind of operate in reality yourself? Um, okay. So the wrong answers for the I'm going to let my Jupiter answer this. <laughs> no. Um, Jupiter to me is, you know, our experience and what we believe of life and make the most of it, you know, pretty much. Um, and, you know, my kind of quests or, you know, quests for understanding life and its meaning um, have, you know, kind of taught me and shown me that, you know, life is eternal in whatever way we want to put it. You know, this body might come and go and, but, you know, overall, I feel like I've been around before. Um, am I going to be back here? I don't know, but I, I do believe in life goes on right I, I very much do so so i'm here for the best time i can have i think um and you know make it better for other people again in a very jupiterian way inspire people to lighten up like what i see a lot in astrological consultation is that people in a sense like to and and there's good reason for it don't get me wrong here but really like to stick to the negatives about life and I just think life has much more to offer and is that a psychological you know kind of version of the times that we are in and yes people are not you know happy content um working too hard stress all that kind of stuff so how can we make and turn around these lives um and the collective idea of what it is to be alive and living on this planet you know, how do we make that different and that perception different? Because it doesn't need to be like this. That That's how I understand it, right? The the working nine to five, nine to eight, that just kills us and gives us cancer by 60 or something. Um, so it's that kind of thing. Again, lifestyle, spirituality, um, um, you know, having time to breathe and take time out, be in nature, all, all those kind of things um, is just not where we're at. You know, what mo most of us want to, let's say, be more like that and are doing our best to have a life like that. But I think that should be the normal, wouldn't you? <laughs> I would definitely concur. I mean, seeing your Jupiter in fifth house areas, it doesn't strike me as odd that you're like, you know, live it to the hilt from the heart. 
Like, don't just get in the grind. It's funny because I don't know if there's a cycle. I mean, I guess, you know, Virgo used to be in Pluto and, uh, like, different cycles have, I mean, not now, clearly, but it's like, it seems modernity really kind of bamboozled us into thinking materialism was the end all be all. Yeah. yeah. It does not Mm. mean that, you know, comfort is bad or things are evil or, you know, I mean, I'm sometimes very John the Baptist about things and very ascetic. Um, I don't prescribe that to everybody, but it's like, if you're not happy, uh, finding happiness can come through things, uh, you know, and they can be a part of the ring. But it, unless you're a fucking Capricorn stallion, like achievement, you know, of material stuff doesn't really matter in yeah. a weird way, you know. So um, are there any kind of, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be specifically when you look at a chart, but as an astrologer, what are some of the kind of like when you walk into the room of, of consciousness let's just put it that way what are the first things like you were talking about moons and saturns um of your husband what are some of the kind of hallmarks that draw your attention the quickest uh whether it's in a chart or whether you're looking at the news and being like oh my god this is how is this working with the astrology like what like nodes what 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 draws your attention the most oh gosh um from walking to a room to looking at a chart or the news <laughs> i suppose it you know quite different different things um let's start with you know looking you know waking up to the news or whatever this morning and going oh my god the capital you know is being rioted and all that stuff so you know i just look up a few things and then you know find this correlation to go oh wow look at that you know there it is um um with walking into a room of people or consciousness as you say i was trying to use it as a metaphor I wasn't yeah, saying like sure. literally. It's like if you just kind of open your eyes yeah, and you yeah. step into the quote room, like what's yeah. the first, you know, who are you shaking yeah. hands with? Like, it's like what I'm drawn to the most, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could be someone's smile. It could be, you know, I'm bored, so I, I actually do something, you know, like I'll do something. I often find that I'm an instigator, right, of, of stuff. You know, like, you know, if there's people sitting around, it's like, well, I'm bored with this. I'm going to do, so, you know, make something happen or say something funny or, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, I, I'm always up to something in that sense. Um, and then with an astrology chart, again, you know, it's experience that sort of, I think trans, by looking at transits, you know exactly where you're kind of honing into. Okay, like, wow, you know, they've got Pluto on their moon or, you know, something's at the IC or this is about to hit their ascendant. And then you kind of, you know, are drawn into closer and closer and you'll, you know, add progressions. Um, I'm very much into looking at cycles of the planets and where they've already been and where they're going. So as opposed to, like, I'm looking at your chart today and, um uh, Raphael and you know I can see that uh, you know Uranus is pretty close to your MC or stationing up at your MC okay so that's something going on there with you know what you're doing for work or whatever but um, you know I'm, I'm also looking at where Mars has just finished a retrograde and I'm looking where Venus did her retrograde last year and I'm looking forward at the same time okay so the way I look, you know, look at transits or sum up transits, it's before and after as well. Okay, so it's not like what's happening today. With planetary cycles, you've got to be very aware of what they're doing, where they're going, and how they're going to operate in the next, you know, how they have operated in the last year, and how they'll operate in the year forward. So being very aware of that, I mean, that's 
that's experience you know i mean i i have a lot of students that sort of say how do you do that you know it's like well just take your time and you can't hurry astrology you got to get to know it well um and and get the confidence to you know i don't know be like i don't want to say be like me but it's true you know like i've learned you know, i've done the job yeah no it seems How like it, uh go ahead yes to me is that just as with all kinds of sciences Oftentimes people may approach it analytically and be like, oh, give me the snapshot slice like a chart as it is. And that's what I'm dealing with. However, usually it's much more multidimensional. It's at least a moving 3D object, but there's even more dimensions to it. And I guess it just takes some experience and perspective to be really able to conceptualize and kind of compute that. And it has kind yeah. of more coordinates and layers to it than one may see at first glance and just like they say you know mm. if you had a sector mouse i want to understand it it's dead you know there's nothing to understand anymore <laughs> it's about understanding it while it's living and it's all moving and spinning right yeah 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 i mean there's layers upon layers and you know it's the synthesis which is the key, the key you know as opposed to sort of focusing that pluto's on your moon well pluto will be on your moon for three years right you know whatever orbs you use and stuff so is that the you know is that's at the background of something very transformational of course but you know what what are the going to be the triggers or what's happening right now is more significant than a three-year transit perhaps you know so again you know knowing where to kind of hone into but you've got to listen to your client too i mean the worst clients that we all say we have are the ones that sort of say just give it to me just read it for me right just tell me everything um, without interaction, it's it's really not um, it's not as rewarding. You feel like you just kind of. I, I don't do what's what do we call it? Recordings, you know. Um, recording. No, it's got to be interactive. Yeah, like yeah, it's got to be a yeah, it's got to be a live session. Yeah, you can play off the person's energy. Yeah, my fiance has been like, just record something, and I'm like, that makes the magic go away for me in some way. Yeah, yeah. The alchemy kind of disappears. Yeah. And it sounds like to me what you're kind of describing is um, I imagine I can't really read music or anything, but I imagine at some point when somebody is read enough scores, they can hear the music. And it's not just yeah. about seeing a note. So it's not just about seeing, like you're saying, a placement. And that's like you're starting to hear the whole symphony kind of swell. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that you know, we are, the harmony of the spheres or the disharmony, you know, what what what's kind of the chords. I mean, I have heard some people have been kind of composing astrology charts, haven't they? If I've, you know, I've seen over the last year or something. Um, yeah, musically. Yeah, um, I just can't remember the name of who it was. Or like, you could get, you know, you could pay to get your astrology chart, you know, in a symphony, you know, like put together. Yeah, here's your song. Yeah. Um, I haven't done it yet, but I'll have to look it up. I'll send you the link when I refind it or something. There's so much going on. So much, again, so much creative stuff, really, about. I was just thinking, um, where's my calendar on my Mac? Like that I can have all the aspects in the calendar, right? <laughs> I know my software will do it to a certain degree, but um, I kind of want to have it in my Google calendar. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Where, I, where, oh, okay, I'm going to be talking to Jim and Raphael today and the moon's in Libra or whatever. I mean, I know I can look that up, but I think that would be really helpful. <laughs> There's so many things to, to still do with all this. Well, one would hope that maybe in the coming, especially with Jupiter you know, and Saturn and Aquarius now, uh, some of these bigger companies might be integrating magic at that level. It, I mean, who knows? Maybe 
you know, at one point Android wasn't yeah. a thing, and iPhone wasn't a thing, so maybe we'll start having more conscious developers kind of put platforms and products out that are um, popular. is not the right word, but like you know, usable and and quality and popular and you know, all that stuff. Um, it seems change is the only constant. So you know, Rome came and went. I've been to Rome before, uh, and it's like, wow, that's not where it's happening now, uh, or whatever. Um, and I'm sure you know some of this. You know, Amazon will come and go. I can't imagine it now, but it, it will happen. So I'm hoping that maybe some people start implementing um, magic into the mundane. And I, I, I can only hope—not just hope—I imagine that will be probable. Just not only given the astrology, but the um, kids that are growing up now, as long as their spirits aren't squashed, can probably be very ingenious and very holistic and very integrative. Um, it will be, you know, as Walt Disney called it, imagineering. It's like I think we're very much engineering with the imagination at this point if we do it right, and the sky's the fucking limit on that front. So um, I don't know that where she went. That was almost <laughs> a perfect conclusion statement, Jim, yes. Um, so either we can wait or we can conclude at this point uh, as we're not exactly sure where she got lost. <laughs> Well, I was just looking over the rooms to make sure she didn't like click on another room. No, but here She's she back. is back again. Talking oh, about sorry, guys. Imagineering. It's all fine. <laughs> it's not a Pisces My unless she kind of faces in and faces out. It's gotta be sorry magical. about that. My no, mum, the sweat phone sweat rang it. and it just went off like I was disconnected from here. So sorry about it's that. It's all good. No, uh, we can start winding it down if you um, need to go. Um, so I guess, I mean, is there anything you want to say about the basically uh, um, go ahead Raphael. yeah maybe just what you wanted to say jim so anything you'd like to say about current times and maybe upcoming months of course not looking for predictions or anything but anything that maybe just intuitively is sticking out uh, to you well god i mean 2021 still going to be a big test um talking to one of the agents last night was you know we're kind of moving this goalpost, you know, further down um, in regard to, you know, COVID and the world sort of situation and stuff like that, because I think Saturn in Aquarius is, is really, you know, the big test of how new rules and the new world is going to, let's say, be, you know, um, which is in itself really kind of like, really, is this the way it's going to be? Or, um you know, things are not going to go back to what we had pre-COVID, are they? Like we can't foresee so. that. No. And so what does this mean? And and I think it's a really testing time. And, you know, the best advice I can give is just kind of keep it cool, you know, like keep cool as much as you can. Um, Hold on loosely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've got, you know, Mars has just gone into Taurus and it's heading for Uranus and we, you know, okay, we're seeing the, the riots at Capitol, you know, Capitol Hill, like how how significant. I mean, Mars in Taurus has actually always been known for, you know, you'd think Mars in Aries and the last retrograde, that was the build-up to what is now happening. Mars in Taurus is, you know, the frustrated mob, Right on the you know on the steps <laughs> um and moving to uranus there's much more to sort of come through with all of this so 
you know, the world's in this transition that um, and chaos, Neptune squaring the nodes at the moment, the chaos of not knowing is enough to sort of make us all, you know, really quite uneasy. But, um, you know, but again, just kind of, you know, try and sort of keep, keep it cool. You know, you can't change much quickly, you know, these days. And we're just going to be really uh, vigilant, um, helpful to each other. Um, you know, the, the thought of vaccine, you know, having a vaccine being the only way that we're ever going to travel again is scary, isn't it? You know, like, Jesus. I don't prefer that, that. No. Not on my timeline. Um, no. And then, so, okay, how, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there, there will be a way that, you know, uh, so, you know, we can get around that. We don't, we don't know what that is yet. Right. Or well, how is that going to work? Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of what 56 year or something. And I'm thinking, Oh God, if this is really going to, you know, be the way of the world, um, am I, how am I going to travel? I haven't done enough yet. You know, I haven't done it all yet. Um, um, so can't we, as much as we want to look ahead into the future um, and Saturn in Aquarius is stop to the future. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's it, you know, futuristic Aquarius, but Saturn there is almost like it just holds up everything. So we're just going to be really patient about what the future holds. Um, but Having said that, after Saturn's done its job in Aquarius, we've got Pluto in Aquarius. Um, and that is now, as much as we've seen Pluto overhaul the money system and the banking system, you know, the closer it get, gets to the end of Capricorn, we think, well, there's a lot more to go, isn't there? You know, it's not completely overhauled. Yes, but, you know, there's cryptocurrencies and there's an awareness about the corruption in um in the world in regard to finance and money, but is that ever going to go away? No. Um, and then Pluto into Aquarius, you know, that is a 20-year cycle of, um, you know, what is, you know, this is a world in complete sort of, um, let's say, I don't want to say chaos, um, it's it's a, about reorganizing something that's going to work much more efficiently for everybody and some you know again some aren't going to like it and we're just going to kind of work together on the this big project you know however that's going to work um i don't think we can tell we're just kind of going to be patient about how it's going somehow which you know i'm not hopefully that's helpful <laughs> well it's funny because when i was in australia the um Jupiter Pluto conjunct or Saturn Pluto conjunction happened um, January 12th last year or something, and uh, almost a year ago, I guess. And yeah, um, yeah. I, I know astrologers, it's one thing, uh, you know, the map is not the territory. So I think we have a map with astrology that's like, this is what to expect somewhat energetically. Yeah. Um, but then when you look up and see how it's playing out, sometimes it's disturbingly obvious like you know the guy with the bull and oh my gosh yes you're in this, or, you know mars and taurus yeah yep. um and then sometimes it's like i never would have thought a pandemic like this would have happened when it's i mean there's a lot of levels to it Raphael's um way more abreast on that and more probably conspiratorial i'm just kind of sitting here being like when can i fly again i mean i'm very basic <laughs> you know, i'm just kind of selfish and kind of like i'm not trying to get injected with shit i don't know about but i haven't done research and i don't know what to trust media wise but that doesn't mean all media is bad yeah, but yeah. where's the line so it gets very confusing for me um 
But I mean, in some weird way, we like you're saying, chop wood, carry water. We got to keep living life. Um, but yeah. maybe it's part. It's tricky because I think in a lot of ways we're hitting a karmic speed bump, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, um, and it's not to say that you know globalization and travel and these things aren't okay. But I think we were overextending into territories that um, weren't solid enough yet, or something. I don't even know how to explain it. Now we're kind of either like mm-hmm. three steps forward, one step back. It's like, oh shit, okay, look, like you know it's tricky because I'm not trying to say like SWAT, you know, the poor will maybe all these being among us, which Raphael would scoff at and say, you know, scarcity is not necessary at all. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Like, will AI help us or enslave well, us? Uh, yeah. Will governments, you know, be of the people or will it be tyrannical corporations that just, you know, dystopian weirdness? Yeah. It's tricky times. Um, so yeah, it, yeah. It, it, we it's don't not know what... fun, <laughs> but it's also yeah, where we and... are. Yeah, I mean, this is the whole thing about the sign of Aquarius and um, and Uranus. It's like it's strange. No matter how you what do you call it, revolutionary or independent or cool you think you are, Aquarius still strange. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's the level of strange even to someone that's very Aquarian minded. It's strange still, um, and this is the archetype of Aquarius. So we're going into and you know we don't know what this looks like yeah well it's very much like dr strange the movie (laughs) where it's like you know he's like i'm a high-tech professional winning guy capitalism yay i'm a doctor i don't know if you saw that marvel movie but it's like oh i'm a professional i'm in new york i'm rich and then all of a sudden like you know he ends up in tibet or wherever Kathmandu, and he's like oh my god my third eye which is very neptunian square the nose like what the fuck was truth anyway i have no clue what is real so it feels like we're all being initiated so i'm okay with that but it's like i was kind of saying the map the astrology doesn't necessarily mean we know exactly how it will flush out per se exactly no exactly it's it's a weird drug trip basically yeah absolutely yeah i know it's it's such it's so you know interesting times um you know for sure and you know then neptune and saturn meet at zero i think your thumb might have slipped off the trigger julia unless your mom is calling you again that is very much possible and she was getting to the juicy part She's like, Neptune and Saturn are going to conjunct, and I could probably look at it, but I mean, I my hand is on the phone right now. So we'll wait a second. Um, I mean, she's still in the room, but maybe her phone died. I have no clue. I can't tell you. So she will reconnect. Well, well Jim, you learn you got to do the astro filler. Yeah, I was, I was like, no, I'm glad we got her on. Um, it's always fun to hear more, you know, wiser, more initiated people than myself. I, there's many. I think you most of the time are that way for me. So it's like, uh, it's good to hear. I mean, I learned a thing or two about houses. Um, it's nice to know that uh, it's as crazy to astrologers as it is to normal people. You know what I mean? Like, no, like I was kind of saying, like, it's really hard to kind of, no one was like, aha, I knew it. I mean, I've been hearing for years, like, you know, these conjunctions are happening in Capricorn. It's going to be um, down with the system in the world, in a sense. And I'm like, yeah. And in some weird kind of infantile way, I've wanted that. Julia's back. Uh, we're kind of just filling time. Don't, yes, let, sorry. don't have to apologize. 
because um, he was kind of like, what have you learned? And I didn't want to cut you off. You were talking about Neptune conjuncting Saturn, and then it kind of cut out. Yeah, Neptune conjunct Saturn at zero Aries. So zero Aries is the beginning of the zodiac, and I think this will really kind of signify a new the, the new kind of era more so than what we've just, you know, Jupiter and Saturn um, conjunct. Well, that was the mutation, as you know, of air cycle. So it's big in itself as a 200-year cycle. But Saturn, Neptune at zero Aries um, with Pluto in Aquarius is like this decade has is just so, so transformative. Um, one thing I was going to say about the Aquarian thing is, you know, you've heard of the Internet of Things and we're being told that this is a really amazing way that's going to equalise so much to do with finance and money, right, um, to equalise that we all have the same opportunities um, with the Internet of Things. Um, when you think about Neptune, Saturn in Aries, that kind of suits. So, you know, I think there's a lot ahead and there's a lot to be excited about as well as, you know, this trepidation of like it's a strange world. And it's one we haven't seen before, of course. You know, that's always the case, but perhaps more sort of amping up the the, the levels. So, so, you know, just um, that sort of understanding of Aquarius is very important, I think. I would totally concur. Uh, Julia, I don't want to take up your whole day, I guess. Um, are there any kind of parting thoughts um, in here wrapping up? Anything you wanted to touch on that we haven't? Well, I just want to say thanks for, you know, for doing this. Um, I have to say, Raphael, I love your voice for radio. Like, you know, very, very cool. <laughs> you, have to do, you must do more of that. Um, and, you know, just good luck to both of you. Um, uh, look, I don't know, follow Astrology as much as you can, everyone that's listening. It does re help. It's very insightful into your own personal kind of journey. Uh, the more you know, the more you study, um, the, the insights are profound. And again, collectively, I think, you know, the more of us that actually do know this and do understand this, it has to kind of, let's say, in a sense, raise the vibration that we are connected, you know, something much bigger, you know, than ourselves and, and what's going on in the kind of microcosm as well. So be excited about that. <laughs> It's well worth being excited about. Thank you so much, Julia, for your time. Um, like I said, I've, I've always been perfectly aware, but I'm glad our paths have officially crossed. And, um, yeah, hopefully you come back on sometime and shoot the shit with uh, maybe other people if, you, if you're down yeah. with Cure Leon or something. Who knows? Um, for sure. Or maybe non-astrology people. You could convert them. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah. I'm not into converting people. If they like it or not, I'm not I'm not pushy in that sense, and I don't really want to be competitive now that there's some much astrology out out there um it's almost like there was this kind of point of you know who's doing what and who's doing this and it's now just get on with what you want to do because you can just get a little bit crazy if you i don't know do you know what i mean if you've got too much going on so i'm i'm kind of i've got neptune on my son in the next two years so i'll be in and you're out retiring. of facing yeah. in and out yeah. <laughs> you're like i'm not even gonna be here i'm gonna be on the beach watching uh Something. Yeah, I don't even know what you'll do. Like but, um, no, I really appreciate you coming on, and you're a great spirit. I enjoy you um, and your output. Thanks for the illumination. I'll be checking out more of your stuff. We'll put your links in the uh, comments section. Thanks, Chris. 
And yeah, hopefully you have a beautiful day. As Reaper Chief would say, Narnia, further up and further (laughs) in, guys. The rabbit hole goes on and on. And don't be too overwhelmed. Um, We signed up for this shit, so just enjoy the ride. Yeah, thanks, guys. And and wonderful to be on the rabbit hole show. I love it. All the best. Thank you very, very much, Julia, for coming on. Uh, Thank you, Jim, as always. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Everybody, go check out the real CIA, the Cosmic Intelligence Agency. Know thyself and enjoy.